Revelation and the knowledge of who you are. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints, who are your called out ones. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. It's the same power that's in us that raised Jesus from the dead. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. Let the word of God come forth with power and not with just mere words. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before you take your seat, ah, amen. Before you take your seat, that's right. Could you turn to somebody and tell them God has no rival? And it's good to see you here this morning. Tell somebody God has no rival. It's good to see you here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God has no rival. And it's good to see you here this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 23, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, uh, only because we always hear it in other versions. And, and so uh, you can follow on the screen. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I'll always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me. Tell somebody it's for me. Tell that person, say, no, it's for me. <laughs> he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks me down, or he tracks, his tracks rather, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace the waters of a resting place. That's where he restores and revives my soul. King James Version. He revives my soul. My, my mind, the way I think. My emotions, the way I feel. And my will, the way I make my decisions. That's my soul. That's my soul. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his 
along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. You remain close to me and lead me through it all. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. Mm. My God. Selah right there. Pause right there. You anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why should I fear the future? Somebody needs to hear that. Why should I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen. Can you turn to your neighbor and help me with this title? Turn your neighbor and say, and say neighbor. So who, so who is your staff? So who is your staff? Uh, three of the most popular sports, at least in America, if not the world, um, all have what they call a halftime. Uh, basketball has a halftime. We're hearing a lot about you know, new the uh, free agents and, and people not on the contract. Of course, football, those of us in New England, has halftime. And, of course, the most popular sport in the world, of which our women are playing in the quarterfinals this evening in the World Cup. Amen. Uh, yeah. I just put that in so that you know I'm at least up with current events. But uh, the, word, the, the real football, soccer, uh, also has a half time. And, and, and it's amazing what can happen before and after halftime, especially about, I think, three years ago. Um, a certain team was getting wiped out by 25 points, and then all of a sudden, after halftime, something happened, but we won't talk about that Super Bowl game against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, did I say that? Anyways. So something happens where you could be losing in the first half, but they don't keep score at halftime. Tell somebody that's good news for you. Okay, they don't keep score at halftime. They, 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 they keep the real score. You find out whether you win or lose at the end of the game. But halftime is very important because you make adjustments and a good coach can make adjustments in halftime. So my point is, is that 
today is June 30th in the year of rest. And some of you, like me, may be saying it's been, we're at halftime and I haven't seen any rest. I've seen a lot of restlessness, uh, but I haven't seen any rest. But that's what the halftime adjustment is. And this is a halftime adjustment uh, where the Lord is trying to instruct us and encourage us and give us more revelation on rest. And I think the point that he's really making to this church is that there is no rest without community. There's just no rest without community. If you're doing a solo act, then you're better than Jesus. Because even in the book of Mark, even though Mark is not basically a chronological order, but in the book of Mark, chapter 1, Mark is a book that deals with action. And one of the first things Jesus did uh, in the book of Mark, particularly chapter 1, is that he chose his community. He chose Andrew, Peter, John, and James, his closest friends. These are the same guys who, at the end of his life, his natural life, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, community, I need you to pray for me because I'm about to do something that's going to be very difficult. Are you following so far? And there can be no real rest without your own personal staff. So, you know, as a pastor, as a senior pastor, or lead pastor, I have a staff. I have a, a, uh, an executive staff that works with me and a board of elders staff that works with me. Uh, and, and that's nice. They help me accomplish what I'm supposed to do here on the job. But I also have a personal staff. Okay. And every one of you need to have a staff or you're not going to be successful. And so for some of you, you're not even going to make it without a staff. Now, I remember being raised in church. Uh, I've been in church all my life. Uh, how many of you have been in church all your life? I mean, you were like just born on a pew for crying out loud. Okay. okay. And I remember, you know, when I was growing up, they didn't have all these fancy, there, there was no NIV. Okay. There was no, there was no New Living Translation. There, there was no, there was no message Bible. And all you had basically, basically uh, was the King James. Okay. At least us as Pentecostals. Well, those of you who are uh, in other denominations, well, you were fortunate. You were blessed. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my father, at the age of, I think I was, I think I was 11. He bought me my first, like, like Bible that made sense. It was a Catholic. I don't know. It was a Catholic uh uh, living Bible, living Bible. And I couldn't believe, finally, there's a Bible that I could understand. Because, and I don't want to ask, I won't put anybody on blast, but I'll talk about me. I, I'm reading this scripture, and you, re, and you memorize it, and I memorize, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I said, hmm, Jesus is my shepherd, but I don't want him. Pastor saying, come to Jesus, but David's saying, you don't want him. So it, 
It took, really, it took me a long, long time until I realized that it, the word want means I shall not be in need. I shall not be in need. So now, um, no, I only got it five years ago, but now it's okay. <laughs> but I want to talk about why you need a staff. 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 You're not going to make it without a staff. And I want to use the acronym STAFF to describe to you what you need. Uh, you need somebody who will support you. You'll need somebody who will teach you. And you need somebody who will administer or administrate you. And you need somebody who will F, I will tell you next week. So, so let's talk about support you. Uh, the staff basically, separate staff basically look like this. And what the shepherd would do is he would use the staff for a number of things. Are you with me so far? Uh, the first thing that the shepherd staff is used for is, uh, not the first thing, but the first thing I'm going to list is support. Support. And the question I have here is, who pours into you? Who fills your empty tank. Are you with me so far? The, this, this, this is interesting, this support, if I can, is, and, and that is, there's this hook, and this hook is used, you got to come with me? Yeah, this hook is used to bring no, the sheep or the lambs back to the shepherd, so that the shepherd can review the sheep. The shepherd can really inspect the sheep. Are you with me? And I'm going to use you for a little bit, but don't worry, it pays. You can sit over here for a while, okay? And so my question is, is who, who, is, who is in your life that supports you? Who in your life pours into you? Who, who in your life fills your tank when it's empty? Who, who in your life, when, they, when you see them, it is refreshing and not draining? Mm -hmm. How many people have folks in your life that when they're coming, you, you're, you're checking your tank to see, do I have enough time for this? Okay, thank you. That's one person. And my daughter, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's some people when you see them coming. Okay, let's be honest. We, you don't have to say you don't have to say who they are. Okay, turn your name. And say you don't have to say who they are. Okay. Okay. But how many of you, when certain people are coming, you see them coming in your spirit? There's the words, "Oh no." Okay. okay. And rest of you, you are really more spiritual than I am. Okay. Okay. Everybody needs a Jonathan in their lives. Jonathan's name means gift of the Lord. 
There are people who God, amen. He said, <laughs> there are people who God sends you as a gift to be your friend. And some of you need to understand, and, and Jonathan, for example, in the Bible, he was a true friend of David. There's three things he did. Number one, uh, David, when he got his promotion and and first Samuel chapter 18, it was Jonathan who showed him the ropes as to how to operate in a palace. David is a shepherd. He's used to being an outdoors man. And all of a sudden, he, he slays Goliath. And now Saul takes him and says, here, you are now in the palace. And Jonathan greets him and says, hey, I got you, my brother. In fact, Jonathan is such a such an amazing friend that he says to David, here is my sword. Are you with me? So you don't ever have to worry about me stabbing you in the back. Do you have a friend who has your back? When Saul was trying to convince everybody that David was a traitor, it was it was Jonathan who even stood up against his father, the king, to defend David's honor. Do you have somebody who, even if you don't do the right actions, they still defend your motive? Because they know your heart. It's quiet in here. Do you have a friend like David, like Jonathan, who says to David, I know I'm supposed to be the next king, but the Lord told me that you're the next king and I'm going to do everything to make sure that you're the best king possible. In fact, when you're king, I'm going to be your right-hand man cheering you on. I have people who, when they get promotions and blessings, they call me because I know, because they know that I'm truly going to be happy for them. How many of you, when you get good news, you're about to call somebody and you say, no, I better not call them because they're not going to celebrate with you. Mm. Jonathan's a gift from the Lord. And some of you have been rejecting the gift that the God has for you because it's not packaged the way you want it. Mm. 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 You think your Jonathan has to be from your, you know, hey, I'm I'm from, you know, Argentina, so naturally my Jonathan would be from Argentina. Or I'm Asian, so my natural uh, uh, Jonathan will be Asian. God gets to choose the Jonathan for you. Some of you, while you're feeling lonely, oh God, where's my Jonathan? Or my Joanathan, whatever you want to use, God is like, I, I keep bringing them into your life, but you keep rejecting them. So let me show you my Jonathan. This is a picture of my Jonathan. Chris Nichols. Chris Nichols. Chris and I are so opposite. I was invited to speak for InterVarsity 
uh, black campus ministries in around 2004. Uh, and as I was ministering at Brandeis, I, I think Elena uh, was part of that crew, and she invited me to speak, and I'm speaking, and black campus ministries, and and while we're in the auditorium, I'm doing my thing. I noticed this, this one white guy in the audience. Now, this one white guy in the audience is probably 30 years older than anybody else in the crowd. So, first of all, he's old, duh. And then he's white. So, in curios I was curious, and I went up to him and said, you know, because I'm the type that want to make people feel comfortable when they're like the no one of these things don't belong to the others, uh, <laughs> so so I go up to him and I say, uh, "Hey, Chris, um, I'm only using because you're white, but yeah, yeah, but you're my son in the Lord." And so I said, "Hey, how you doing? How you doing?" And he says, "My name is Chris Nichols. I actually uh, just started uh, being an overseer or director of Intervarsity." And this is one of my first events. And I just moved out here from California. So he's from California. I'm from the East Coast. Okay? And then he says he's Presbyterian and I'm Pentecostal. Okay? So we can't be any further apart. But somehow in our conversation, I said, where do you live? He says, well, I live in Arlington. I said, oh, really? Mike? I live in Arlington. And I said, my daughter, she's a sophomore. He says, my daughter, my son, he's a junior. And I'm like, what? Oh, I said, where do you live? And he said, well, I live in such and such a place. I said, my goodness, I can walk there. And bam, that began our friendship. That has lasted 15 years. I did not know how much I needed that man through the challenges of life. There has been nothing that has happened in this church that I, that I have not prayed with Chris. And there's sometimes... Chris would, come on, you got to come with me. He, he would rein me in and he said, Brian, you're not looking so good. You, you need people who are going to tell you, you don't look good. Thank you, sir. Okay. Because you need, yeah, you need to stay there. Okay. <laughs> because some of you think you're looking good. You ever have that person who, how you like this outfit? You're like, mmm. 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 Husband and wives look straight. Don't, 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 don't. You need somebody who's going to be a Jonathan in your life, a gift in your life. I believe there's a Jonathan or Johannathan, Johannathan for everybody. Okay? Now, let me give you some. I have to say this. You're John, turn to you and they say, neighbor? Your Jonathan is not the same sex. It's not the opposite sex. Okay, okay, okay. Not the opposite sex. Don't be, don't be like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Thank God for Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, let, 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 let's, let's seek the Lord together. Let's seek the Lord together. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercies. I knew every morning. Great. Oh, yes. Great. Is, oh. Well, praise the Lord. And so, wasn't that a wonderful time of prayer? Oh, we, we bless the Lord. Mm. We bless the Lord. 
Yes, oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yea, the Lord would say, y'all, Jonathan needs to be the same sex. Turn your name and say, keep yourself out of trouble. Okay. 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 Woo. Do you have someone in your life who teaches you? Do you have somebody who teaches you? The other thing about the shepherd's staff, not only can it pull people in, but also the, the shepherd's staff, stay there, it can reach where the shepherd can't reach. So the shepherd, let's say, come here, come here, sir. Okay, so say, yo, yo, why don't you start walking? Okay, the shepherd can say, whoa, 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 over there, over there, over there, yeah, yeah. See, see, the shepherd, thank you, the staff can can reach where the shepherd can't reach. Are you following me so far? And my point is, is that do you have people in your life who can reach you? Thank you. Who, who, who disciplines you? Who disciples you? Who is allowed to correct you who 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 can you who are you on to humble yourself and learn from what 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 has stunned me i i uh, i was at a uh, the funeral for uh reverend aiden ward powerful father in the lord and it was at jubilee uh christian church and I saw uh, Bishop Gideon Thompson. I've known him since 1972. So that's how long I've known him. He, As you know, he's no longer uh, the senior pastor of his church. His son Matthew is. And so this is Bishop Thompson. He is over a bunch of churches, a number of ministries. This is Bishop Thompson. And so he says to me, he says, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm, officiating the service and he says to me bishop Tom, he's 72 years old 72 years old he says to me um no i just want to let you know uh brian that i i need to leave as soon as at basically as soon as i give my remarks so please excuse me because my bishop my bishop is having a conference my pastor is having a conference and I need to be there. And I was like, huh? I thought there was a time when you get to age out. So I said, you know, you know as a bishop, you, know, you, you, you grow to a place where you don't need anybody because you're the, you're the head guy. You know, that's why a lot of these churches, they have bishop and then they, we, you know how we keep making up things. Now they have archbishops. Okay. Someday we'll have popes because everybody wants to up one another. Okay, that's just my pet peeve with that. But I found that, I, I, and so I, I I looked at the program because I said, okay, he's going to this conference. This is what struck me. Bishop Thompson 
wasn't speaking. He wasn't even doing a workshop. See, you don't understand Bishop Worlds. Bishop Worlds is I don't go unless I'm invited. And they ask for my anointing. He's not even listed to lead a prayer service. And yet he's willing to humble himself and continue to be taught. Who pours into you? Who do you who do you allow? I'll say this over again. Who do you allow veto power over your life? Who do you allow to say no? It's quiet in this church. And I know you want to be in summer mode, but I'm trying to keep some of you out of trouble. Young people, teenagers, who gets to say no to you? Besides your friends. Who older can say to you, that's not a good idea, son or daughter? I'm just looking at the clock. Who gets to say to you, you're only teenagers, so I can tell you. Who gets to say to you, you really shouldn't be hanging out with that dude? But that's my boy. Mm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You don't, you, don't need, you need to stay. Honey, girl, you need to stay away from her. Who gets to say that to you without you getting an attitude? Well, you don't know me. Come on. Woo, it's quiet in here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie. Who? See, Naomi, whose name means delightful renewal. Um, see, and that child's acting like some of you. I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> Naomi, she she was able, the only reason Ruth became the great-grandmother or grandmother of David is because of Naomi. Naomi has such a relationship with her mother, with her daughter-in-law that her daughter-in-law basically says, wherever you go, I'll go. Where you lie, I'll lie. Your people will be my people. My God will be your God. Your God will be my God. Who are the people in your life that you that that you say, you know what? I'm going to follow you because you know where you're going. God put you in my life to teach me. Who's in your life to teach you? My final point is who... So who can support you, who supports you, who reviews you, who, who's pouring into you, who teaches you, who's, who's reaching you, who's, who's discipling you, who are you learning from, who's, who's disciplining you. I like what Dr. Fred said uh, in his message two weeks ago to the man. He said, some things are better caught than taught. Who, who are you hanging around with so you can catch their virus? The, the word virus uh, is a Latin word that means strength. Who, who's around you? Who, who are you around? That, no, that, that people, it's interesting, people have observed how you know, Common and I interact. And so I got to be careful because people are watching. They're not listening to my sermons. Well, hopefully they are some of them, but they're, they're watching because your life will speak of sermon that is far greater than your words. Whew. 
administrates. Who's the person in your life that helps you to re-solve issues over and over again? Who's the person who helps you to get your life? Who's the person who helps you to organize your life? Who's the person who you can talk to and say, you know, I was thinking about such and such and so-and-so. What do you think? And they're not going to give you something crazy. Who is in your life that will help you get your life? Some of you have made very bad decisions because you don't have anybody in your life who's helping you to organize your life. There are people in my, li in my life, in my staff, in my team, who, who I'm able to say, what did you think about such and such? And I know I'm going to get sound advice so they can help me to administer or administrate my life. Are you with me so far? Uh, you see... What, what the final thing that the staff does, come here, sir, is that, is that, let me pay you right now, okay, Especially, okay, and then you can go back to your grandmother. So, what, what the staff does also, say you're the sheep, okay, the staff, walk, walk slowly, the staff clears the way. For the sheep, meaning that sometimes in the bushes there are snakes and vipers. You think you may be seated, and and all sorts of dangerous critters that want to destroy the sheep. And you need some people who are going to clear the way for you to say, ah, you don't want to go there. Ah, you don't want to do this at this time. There are people in your life that, my God, have mercy. There are people in your life that, can I borrow your phone? There are people in your life that you are so, how many of you have been so angry that you texted something, that you were going to blow somebody away, and thank God you had somebody who you could say, read this, and they're like, don't press send. Okay? You, you, you need people in your life who's going to say, don't press Sent. It's great that you got it out of your system. Please don't press sin. Yeah, delete. There's some people, thank you. There's some people, you could be so angry, you could just say, no, you, you, please, you delete it because if I get that phone back, it's going someplace. Who's in your life that can help you get your life? Who's your staff? Who supports you? Who teaches you? Who helps you to administer, organize your life? Who says to you, ah, you want to, you need to go to school now and not go to school now? Let me end with this story and then we'll pray. Last week I was really blessed that one of our first batch of college students. We have, when we really started getting a lot of college students was in uh, around 1999. And so I feel an old because uh, she just so happened to visit last week, hadn't been to PT in 15 years. She came to the second service. Uh, some of you remember Destiny, 
came in second service, and Destiny's going to be 40 years old. Oh, But I remember, or she told me, I didn't even remember this. She says to me, I want to thank you for being a father. Because my own father wanted nothing to do with me. I was like, well, that's a blessing. Um, and she wrote, a, she wrote an email to me uh, that when I was reading, and I, this, is, this, this may never just happen again, uh, but when I was reading it halfway through the, through the email, I, I couldn't get out the words because I started choking up and I passed my phone to my wife and I said, you read it before, I'm just like a puddle. Okay, because some of you know I'm not, I'm not the weepy type. Okay, nothing wrong with it. I had, I had a member say to me, Bishop, when I die, I don't want you doing my funeral. They, and they mentioned somebody else. They said, I want somebody else to do my funeral. Um, I want Elder Roy to do my funeral. Because <laughs> at least I know he'll cry. <laughs> you know, you got to know your strengths and your weakness. So, so I was like, Because she said, because she was talked about what PT meant to her and all the challenges she had. But this is what she said that struck me, and then we'll pray. She says, I remember when I was going to quit Berkeley and go to California with my band because my band was doing well. And you said to me, don't quit Berkeley, finish and get your degree. I didn't know. She said, and I was mad at you. How dare you tell me not, not to go with my band where I can be famous and blah, blah, blah. I said, go to Berkeley, finish getting your degree in music therapy. So, and, and, and so as, 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 an, as somebody, sometimes you got to speak even though you know people are going to be angry at you. And some of you are like, uh, I know what I need to say something, but the blowback is going to be so bad that now let's just let them do what they. But but sometimes it takes courage to tell the truth. She said she was angry at me, and then she got angry at God. I said God, if you want me to go back to school, you're going to have to pay for everything. You're going to have to pay for every class, pay for everything if you want me to go back to Berkeley. And of course, God said thank you very much and pay for her. Education at Berkeley. Fast forward. This week, Destiny starts a job working with young ladies who have been trafficked sexually. And she, her job is to be a music therapist to girls who have been trafficked sexually. Let's all stand. Who's your staff? Who's your staff? Holy Spirit.
who's just there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who supports you? Who teaches you? Who helps to administrate you? Who's helping you with your life? Who's your staff? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you at this moment if you could um, break up into groups of two or three. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray for each other that God will either give us a Jonathan or strengthen our Jonathans. Because these people, because some of us are in new seasons in our lives. Some of you have been relocated, so you're not as close to your Jonathan or Joannathan. And God wants to put somebody new in your life. When I was in college, my my Jonathan's was uh, Bishop Courtney McBass. Some of you know him, and uh, and uh, and Brother Cameron. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have. I've always had a Jonathan in my life, or Jonathans. And I really feel that's what kept my life as safe in the things of God. So for just for the next three or four minutes, if you could just you know, pray, pray with two or three people right in your circle. Um, don't, if you don't know them, introduce yourself. Because it's one thing to have the vertical, but let's have the horizontal. And just just spend a few moments. You if you can you can sit if you if that's more comfortable for you. But I want us to pray for each other that God reveal my staff. Reveal my staff. When I was in high school, I needed a staff. There there's no time in your life where you're not going to need that that God friend, that God person, that gift. Some of you may want to pray for your children. God, please give my child a Jonathan, a gift from you, a gift from you. Give my daughter a gift from you, a gift from you, a gift from you, a gift, a gift, 
a gift. Oh my goodness. David had Jonathan. The Apostle Paul had Barnabas. Who, you, you, you need somebody who's going to support you. Someone who's going to walk through you with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Who's walking with you in dark times. Pastoring is one of the loneliest jobs in the world. Many pastors are falling because they don't have a Jonathan. They don't have somebody who's supporting them, somebody who's teaching them, somebody who's helping them administer, help them get their lives. Oh, she both send them a key. Who pours into you? Who refreshes your soul while you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Who comforts you? Spirit of God. Some of your children are transitioning into middle school, transitioning into high school, transitioning into college and grad school, transitioning into the job market. God, I, I need you to give my child a Jonathan. I need you to strengthen the Johannathan in my child's life. I, I need you to do that, Lord. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. They, they bring strength to me. Oh, God, we're halfway through the year. We're halfway through the year. And if I don't find this person to be a part of my community, my life will be restless. My life will be restless. Show me who that person is. Show me who that gift is. Show me who that blessing is. Show me who that person is that I can, I can pour out my heart. I can, I can really be honest with them. Father, there's some Jonathans and Johannathans in our lives that we've disconnected with because of anger or, or misunderstanding. I am asking you in the name of Jesus. Some of us need to make a phone call or a text message after this service and say, uh, you know what? I don't know what caused our relationship to change, but I, I, I believe the Lord wants our relationship to be restored at this time because we're going to be, you're going to, we're going to need each other as we walk through dark places, dark places, places where we don't know what to do. Who's your staff? Who's your staff? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Rasa Dele Costa Naranaboku. My God, answer these prayers, please. Answer these prayers for the sake of your kingdom. Answer these prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Before I, before I conclude in prayer, I, I really want to encourage you that these prayers 
can be life and death. I don't mean to um, embarrass her, but I will. Raquel, could you come up here? No, you don't have to. You can, you can look at the ground. Uh, I praise God for Raquel. When Vanessa was a freshman in high school, she was just in a bad space. And she was wondering, why can I make any friends? And Raquel came into her life. And Raquel, not only was she a friend, but she loved Jesus. She went on mission trips. And I really believe that one of the reasons that Vanessa made it through high school was because of Raquel. And to see that they're still friends and Vanessa is her son's godmother. Um, this is this is what having a, in her case, a Joannathan will do for you. Amen. I never dreamed that she would be praise singing at our church. She probably never dreamed that either. Thank you for that. But when you look at my daughter and you say, wow, Vanessa is such a wonderful woman and and her parents uh, must be great. Yeah, we try to do what we do, but friends like Raquel, your children need godly friends. So Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Your word says that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And though me and Chris uh, can't be any more apart than as far as our natural state, yet we are closer than brothers. Father, I know that there are individuals in our church that are lonely and, and they're wondering, is there a Jonathan for me? The answer is yes. But we're going to have to ask God and seek him. Say, God, show me, open my eyes to that person who's going to be part of my staff. And Lord, help us to understand that our staff is not one person. There, there is a community that you have put in their hearts a love for me personally. And they may, some may be on my job, some may be in my church, some may be in my community, but Lord, where I live, but Lord, if I'm going to get anywhere in life, I have to take the risk of opening up my life so that not only can I get support, but who am I supporting? Not only can I get taught, but who am I teaching? Not only can I have people help me administer my life, but whose life am I helping to bring order and peace to? So, Lord, I'm asking.